Welcome back to Podcasts, bringing the eye to your ear. On this episode, I talk with Mr. Healy about his work on Lessons from Loyola Hall, his bi-weekly blog that discusses spirituality in our daily lives. So I'm with Mr. Healy. He started the uh, Lessons from Loyola Hall a couple years back. What prompted you to start Lessons from Loyola Hall? Well, the genesis of it uh, goes back to a meeting that I had during a free period one afternoon with Mr. Skrull. Uh, We're sitting in the theology office. We're just talking about a variety of things. And one of the issues that, that came up that day and had come up a number of times before was how to engage our alums, how to stay connected with them, how to uh, keep them in the Ignatius loop somehow. And we had talked about maybe uh, trying some new media approaches, one of which would be uh, a blog where uh, one of us, both of us, would uh, pick a topic and, and talk about it, write about it, as a way of keeping, for the most part, our college Alums, but even older alums uh, and their families uh, still engage with what we try to do here at Ignatius as a part of our our religious mission. Uh, And then what happened was uh, it got shelved when Mr. Scroll got sick. And then a little bit after after he died, the the idea resurfaced in my head, and I had a meeting with Mr. Berdeska. He said it was interesting that I was bringing that up because the communications department was going to revamp the website, and they had some ideas that they thought would work with what I was going to try to do, and so all of us met together, and that was the genesis of uh, Lessons from Loyola Hall, the the name of which uh, the communications department came up with, not I. So then it's been going for this May, it'll be three years? It will be three years in May, yes. So they when they were test marketing the new website, uh, we did a couple blogs that we, we had published then. And then there was a several-week hiatus while they were fixing the website, and then it started up, and it's been continuous since then. What made you realize that you had spiritual knowledge to offer? Uh, I, I don't know if I do, but uh, uh, the fact that if, you, if you've been doing this job for 37 years, which I have, uh, you, you gain a repertoire of things. Uh, there are uh, there are a number of ideas that I hit over and over and over again in class, no matter what class I'm teaching, and so those are the sorts of things that I try to get across in the blog. And and to be honest, I, I do a a decent amount of research to try to come up with new and different ideas each time. So one of the great things about the blog for me has been it's been an expansion of my knowledge of things. I've found out uh, certain tidbits pieces of information, trivia, that sort of thing, that uh, I never knew and, and found very interesting and, was, and have been able to include in the blog. So if it appears that I, I have this vast knowledge of a, a wide variety of things, it's it's a mere sham. I know, uh, I know a few things, and I've done uh, research to find out other things that I would like to, over time, maybe find out more about, but know enough about to actually write about a little bit. So it's just because you're, like, you're, you're stooped in this, in this subject day in and day out. Yes, yes. Basically. I just don't know what I'm doing. I just fell into this and, and I just do what I can with what God gave me for as long as they'll let me. <laughs> so then, I mean, you, you come up with a topic once or twice a week. Uh, how do you choose what you're going to talk about? Um, I, uh, I I do ask people, so I will, uh, if, if I happen to come across uh, in, in a conversation uh, someone like uh, Father Giao, Mr. Berdeska, uh, maybe somebody in campus ministry, uh, people that might be involved in things that are going on in school, 
I will talk to them and say, is there anything you want me to uh, to mention soon or now uh, or down the road? And and I've been given some great ideas by people. Uh, so that's that's one place where I, I get the ideas for uh, for what I talk about. Uh, sometimes I'll just look at the school calendar and see what's coming up. So you know, I didn't write about chariot races this year. I wrote about them last year. I also try not to repeat things and, and kind of get into a formula. So I might write about the chariot races next year, God willing. Uh, but yeah, big events in the school I like to I like to hit every other year or so. Uh, the, the weekend blog is easy because it's just based on the readings for the Sunday Mass. So in one sense it's easy. What I, what I try to do with the, the weekend blog is to give whoever might be reading it something that they would not get from a homily. So I try to find some niche, some idea that a priest probably isn't going to use in a homily uh, because he'll, he'll try to hit something big. I try to find something small and, and, and build upon it. And what usually happens is I'll read through the readings and a phrase might come out or an idea might come out that uh, relates to something I've taught over the years, or maybe a course I took in in uh, undergrad or grad school, and uh, j- it just hits me in a certain way. Sometimes it's even a, a song that that I like uh, th- that resonates with something that's there, or a uh, a, a, a television show that I've seen, or it's just a movie. I, I try to sometimes relate it to uh, uh, cultural things going on. So the the Sunday one is easy because I, I've got a set. Uh, sort of a canvas upon which to paint because the canvas would be those those readings. And then the midweek one is is more free play for me. So if it's something going on at school, write about something going on at school. If it's uh, maybe something even even going on in my classroom or something going on in the world, maybe I'll, I'll uh, oh, the Pope said something this week and I'll, I'll try to mention that. And, and in the summers, I try to have themes for the midweek one. So uh, Amoris Laetitia was my theme two summers ago and I wrote for one week about each of the different chapters of that last summer I wrote about the spiritual works of mercy so the midweek blog uh, throughout the summer of that would be 2017 was uh, was the corporal no, I'm sorry not the corporal the, the spiritual works of mercy so uh, I try to find major themes in the summer so I have one idea to get across over a, a lengthy period of time where nothing's going on at school but when we're in the school year, I try to find things that are related to what's going on in the classroom as much as possible. Right. So then, so that's how you get, you know, your ideas. Mm-hmm. But then how do you turn that into, you know, a 500-word essay, <laughs> you know? Uh, the uh, the grace of God. Uh, there are times when I sit down and I have very set ideas about what I want to do and, and try to weave them together in such a way that uh, I get to the conclusion I want to. Other times... I'll just have the spark of an idea and sit down and write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. There are a couple of the the blogs that have taken 10 to 15 hours to write 5 to 750 words because it just didn't come. And I need to find a different way uh, to to get where I want to go. So imagine you're in an apartment building and you've got a key to one of the doors. And you just start trying to unlock, and it doesn't go, and it doesn't go, and it doesn't go. And finally, with enough persistence and enough luck and enough grace from God, you find the door that opens, and then you, you go in that direction. But uh, So that's it. And, and for me, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to end. If you are a fan of sketch comedy, 
if you watch Saturday Night Live, for example, uh, you will find that that's maybe the hardest thing to do. How do I end a skit? It's easy to start a skit. It's easy to have some dialogue in the middle of the skit, but then what do we do to end it? I always think I don't want to get to the point where I end my blogs the way Monty Python ended uh, the Holy Grail, where the police show up, they throw King Arthur and everybody in the back of a paddy wagon, and that ends it. It's like, yeah, we didn't have an ending, so let's do this. I, I, don't, I don't want to have those kinds of endings. <laughs> So then you mentioned that, you know, you, you seek out these topics and you have to do a lot of research. So what have you learned? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's a great question. There, there, I, we're at the point where I've written almost 300 of these. And so they all start to blur in, in my mind. I, I wish I could, in the moment, think of, oh, here's some wonderful thought that, that came to me as I was writing this. Uh, to be honest absolutely nothing from that standpoint hits me. But what I have learned from writing the blog, not so much what theological knowledge or, or that sort of thing, but I've learned a lot, I think, about writing. I, I am almost afraid to go back and read the early ones because I, I think they will be very cringeworthy from my standpoint. Uh, when when you start to to write, you think that every word that you put down on paper is brilliant, and that editing is is some somehow a crime. And if, if I wrote it, it must be good. And then what I have learned is how important editing is, how important self editing is, and and the idea of. If I could say it in fewer words, I should say it in fewer words. If I could say it in a, in a different way, I should say it in a different way. And not to think that uh, somehow the, uh, the first draft is the only draft. You know, I, I have a very Ignatian student way of writing. I wrote my first draft, which is, of course, the best draft and therefore the only draft needed. And, and reading enough essays uh, from students over the years, I realized that, that my approach from when I was at Ignatius is exactly the same as, as it is now. Uh, that all I do is all I need to do is write something once. And and I think what I've learned over the three years of writing is how important self-editing is. It's also very important to have an editor. So my wife, Mrs. Healy, is a very good editor who will uh, I'll ask her to read my stuff, and she will uh, first say, "Now, I like it." So don't take offense, and then she will give me some uh, unbelievably helpful criticism uh, to try to get it to where it needs to be. I, I, in, in, old, in the old days, I would think if I could say something in, in 10 words, I should probably find 30 words that I could use to say it. Now it's the other way around. So I think I've learned that. I've also learned just how difficult it is to write, to come up with new ideas, to, uh, uh, to, to have something new to say each time. I, I'm glad that I've been here 37 years. Uh, I'm glad I was here 35 years when I started this. If I had started writing this in my fifth year of teaching, it would have lasted about three weeks, and I would have said, well, I'm done. I, you know, I've, I've used up all my ideas. Uh, so I think that's part of it as well. I've learned just how difficult writing can be. And, and I, I, I'm going to do that this summer. I want, to, uh, I want to use the summer to try to go back and, and see what worked and what didn't from, from new eyes. So the, right. I'm done with three years. Uh, and, and for me, three years is, is uh, emblematic. Uh, the, the readings for Sunday Mass is going three-year cycles. So uh, in about six weeks, I will have finished all three cycles 
of the of the readings for the uh, for the church year. And uh, once I'm done with those, I want to go back and look and see what I did because uh, as long as they'll let me, I'd like to continue this, and I want to see how I can say different things about readings I've already commented on. But I will, with uh, a a bit of trepidation, go back and look at the midweek blogs just to see what I said and to see the way I said it and to see uh, if there's anything that I can uh, use from those uh, as springboards to, to future writing. And I have such incredible respect for people uh, who do this professionally. Uh, when I was growing up, and this is way before your time, uh, parents might remember uh, a guy named Mike Royko who wrote for uh, the Chicago Sun-Times and then it was syndicated across the country. And I loved his writing. It was very witty and, and, and interesting and funny. And he would write two, maybe three columns a week. And I used to be so angry that it was only two or three times a week. I thought, this guy needs to get a real job. He's got a write every day and then you start to write twice a week and you realize oh my this this takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of uh imagination to be able to come up with things so i have i have great respect for people who write for a living i i can't even imagine uh being under the gun in the way they are uh to come up with things uh on a, on a regular basis uh, upon which their livelihood rests so that's what i've learned so, have you heard any interesting stories from people? I, I read this on your blog, and then this happened, or something like that. I, I've had some very, very nice feedback from from guys who I've taught. So, for me, one of the most rewarding things has been uh, the emails that I will get from former students uh, or from parents uh, about the uh, a certain thing that I wrote about uh, certain. Uh, certain topics have have hit people's hearts in certain ways. I, I've written a couple of times about the Mass of the Holy Spirit, and and obviously one of the great events here at Saint Ignatius, and one of our defining events. And I've had alums write to me about that. Uh, there have been a couple other times where I've written about certain events here at school or certain things that have happened, and I've gotten wonderful feedback from people where they talked about uh, the nostalgic thoughts that it brought up in their minds, and they would share those with me. Uh, about their time here at Ignatius or about their son's time uh, here at Ignatius or just things about what it is to be human. I I try to talk about some things that aren't necessarily related to the school but just about the condition of being human or what it's like to try to be a good Catholic and all those kinds of things and uh, get some very nice emails about that. So fortunately, I have not received any uh, derogatory emails. Now, some of the emails I get uh, come to me through other offices here at Ignatius, so I'm guessing they're shielding me uh, from <laughs> all my critics. Uh, but so far, so good. So that's that's been interesting too, uh, and and very heartening that people would take the time first of all to read it. <laughs> you know, I, I just find that hilarious uh, that that people will take the time to read it, and then uh, again take the time to write to me to reconnect. And it's been it's been really nice. Some classmates of mine uh, from '77 have reached out, uh, fellow teachers. Uh, it's really amazing when I'm walking through the hallways here, and somebody will stop me and say, "Oh, I just read that. That was really it was really cool. It reminded me of this. Reminded me of that." Sometimes it's a, a colleague with whom uh, I went to Ignatius, either a classmate or someone close to me, uh, and we went through Ignatius in the same time period, and uh, we reminisce about those things. So it's been fun. It's been it's been great from that standpoint. So then, um, would you have? 
thinking about it now, do you think that you have changed your perspective, uh, like spiritually? Do you think you have had like with new revelations? Do you think you would look upon your work differently? I, I might. It'll be interesting. It's, it's not like this is uh, when you when you look at uh, say professional theologians uh, and, and look at a 20, 30, 40 year career of writing. I'm sure that as they look back and anybody who reads them with with any 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 closeness uh, can say, oh, I could see where you went into uh, depth in this direction, or you went into a different direction, or maybe even I don't want to say contradicted yourself, but uh, you obviously changed your opinion about some theological issue, and that's understandable. It's a it's a, it's a lengthy career that, that many many great writers have. Um, it's such a short ex- period of time. I don't know how much I would have changed. I know that I. I've learned a lot, uh, and and a lot of it has been in the area of the, the the idea of of mercy, forgiveness, those sorts of things that, that Pope Francis has has really focused on. I, I, I've tried to to tap into in my own life. Uh, I, I think it takes a lot of humility, and I think. Ignatius is as great a place as it is, and what wonderful people we have. One of the one of the downsides of, of a place where you're in a, you're in an academic vi- environment with people, s- students in particular, who have been chosen uh, to be here, who are are you know very very bright, is that we at Ignatius sometimes have a, a sense of intellectual pride, and that can often get in the way of spiritual humility. Uh, and I, I like to remind my students and, of course, myself when I think of it, that, for example, St. Thomas Aquinas is St. Thomas Aquinas not because he had such a high IQ or, or was such a brilliant writer, but because he was holy. And, and holiness and humility go together. Uh, and oftentimes intellectual brilliance and pride go together. And, and so I think that's one of the places where I have grown both in, in trying to focus on that in in the writing, humility, and what comes with humility is is uh, mercy, forgiveness, concern for others, uh, willingness to uh, to see beyond people's faults, to see them as as children of God, um, and to try to do that as much as I can in my own life. I would hope that my students in class would see that. Uh, as a uh, as something that I try to live out when I'm with them uh, to understand their situations, the difficulties they might be going through as individuals, so that you know if something's due today. Well, I had other okay. Let's move past that. That's not the most important thing in the world. Let's let's see how we can get get through this. Um, and and I think there's a, a real humility that that's needed for that and teachers so talk about students where they're very bright and therefore humility might be a difficulty for them i think i think teachers uh, can have a real difficulty with humility the the somehow the belief that my class is the most important class that you will ever take and therefore what you do for me is more important than what you do for other people but to, to pull back and to realize you know I, I understand that theology is very important why I went into it, uh, but that a kid might have something else going on in, say, an AP class or some project to it in another class, and, and for him, in that moment, those things are really important and, and really need to be done, and if, if what I'm doing, no matter how important I think it is, if what I'm doing in my class needs to be put on the back burner for him for a little bit, I think I've grown in my understanding of that and, and my realization that those things, there's an ebb and flow 
uh, in their in their lives as they go through each semester. And some of it has to do with personal things too. What's going on at home? What's going on with a girlfriend? What's going on with their friends? What's going on with a sport? Uh, all those sorts of things can uh, can influence how well a student's doing, whether or not he's paying attention in class, whether or not he's tired, whether or not he's able to get his work done on time. And I think uh, from the standpoint of, of humility uh, as, as a teacher, I, I think it, that's been something I've been more conscious of since writing this. Right, Thanks well, for listening. Thank you so much. Got any suggestions? Best of luck to you. Let us know on thank Twitter at S-I-H-S-E-Y-E. See you next time on Podcats.